Empire. Want to get away? How does a good sailing adventure sound? That even the director of such a live broadcast didn't really have an idea uh, of who was leading at a given time because the leaderboard is being assembled unlike you know you can take split time at the turning marks kind of like the split times you would have in skiing and other sports but the interesting stuff is happening in between those mark roundings that's marcus bauer former olympic sailor turned entrepreneur who's leading the innovative side of competitive sailing this is the future sport podcast i'm bram weinstein Marcus Bauer is a German Olympian. He sailed in the 2000 and 2004 games. It's a sport that has trouble translating to broader audiences. Barrier of entry is still very high and coverage of the events, it's hard to do inexpensively. But Bauer sees solutions on both fronts and while he isn't trying to take on the NBA for eyeballs, he knows his sport has a higher threshold of appeal. Our guest this week is Marcus Bauer. He's a former Olympic sailor and entrepreneur who these days is working with SAP Global Sponsorships, having innovated many software and broadcasting solutions for the sport of sailing. And right now on planet Earth, there's nothing I could think of that I'd rather do than get on a boat and get away from it all. Hi, Marcus. How are you? (laughs) Hi, Bram. Pleasure to be here. Uh, actually, I did get off a boat yesterday because we had a little family trip here in the Danish Baltic Sea. Uh, so uh, it was pleasurable. I, I understand that that that's something you want to do right now. Marcus, I think for you, social distancing is not hard. It sounds like you've made a profession out of it for your entire life. Well, um, going, going out on the water uh, and, and having a sail is probably the healthiest thing you can do right now. And uh, we did have some uh, major regattas that happened with actually a lot of participants. But since everybody goes out on the water and sits on the boat more or less by himself, you know, there's teams uh, of one sailor up to maybe uh, three, four, five, but it's not a huge crowd. It's, it's a good way to social distance, actually. Um, and it's become part of your business future as well. Um, tell us a little bit about your partnership with SAP and, and what you're doing with them. Yeah, um, well, I'm I'm actually a trained architect, like bricks and mortar architecture. But I finished my studies and 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 um, put my Olympic uh, campaign and, and aspirations to rest. I, I got involved in software development, and um, I've I've always. I always thought that um, sailing um, is a sport that is actually interesting to follow. Um, and, you know, when, when I was sailing, there was barely any media attention on the sport at all because it was just too hard to follow. And around, you know, 10 years ago, we approached SAP uh, with the idea of changing that. And um, an uh, amazing corporation has resulted from that. Uh, uh, the CEO at that time and one of the founders were very excited about that idea. Uh, they were sailors themselves. And we, we started uh, using technology that you would use in a business environment to actually making the sport of sailing more understandable. And, 
um, everything we're doing now came from that uh, basic idea. Let's use technology to make sailing more understandable for the sailors themselves uh, in their training environments, but also for uh, spectators and fans. So um, what do you mean by that? Make it more understandable. Well, and let's start with the people who are on the boats. W- what did they need to have in front of them to make it more understandable that would make the experience better? Well, for them, it's actually not that hard. The, the, the ones who understand the, the sport the best are the sailors themselves. But any outsider, and that's even including coaches, it is really hard to understand uh, the race. Uh, and that's because it's not linear. You know, in sailing, the sailors decided that they did, didn't want to start uh, and race just from point A to point B. But they actually decided that they want to sail straight into the wind. And no boat, as you probably know, can sail straight into the wind. That's physically impossible. So you actually have to make a decision whether you want to head to the left side or to the right side of the course. And they always differ. And that opens up a really interesting strategic and tactical game that sailors understand well. Um, But if you look from the outside, it's sometimes impossible to spot who's actually leading. So the big change is for anybody looking from the outside. But for the sailors, you know, the reality used to be that there was no recording of their race and no recollection possible. They only had their memories. So you always saw these sailors standing on shore and making gestures of how they went left and right and did this or that. But, you know, there was no, no record of that. So the big change for the sailors is that now when they come back ashore, there's a record of what they did because we track every boat with GPS devices and then plot that uh, onto a map and run analytics on it. And we can do that live. And that's the big game changer for the spectators, that they can follow the race live and make sense of it. So um, where was the problem in the past in attempting to, I don't know if broadcast it is the right way to put it, but get the race into the hands of the consumer? What was missing there um, that wasn't for them to be able to experience? Well, you know, uh, sailing always, there were always attempts to point a camera at the action. Um, you know, at the Olympics, there were budgets to run a live broadcast. There were helicopters up in the air. They even had onboard cameras. But a camera doesn't tell you the story. Uh, at least it doesn't tell you the whole story. It gives you beautiful pictures, you know, sailing boats, competing sailors. That That's always good to look at. But if you can't make sense of the competition because you don't see exactly how boats position towards each other, uh, it, it becomes really confusing. And the reality in the past was that even the director of such a live broadcast didn't really have an idea uh, of who was leading at a given time huh. because the leaderboard, is being assembled, unlike, you know, you can take split times at the turning marks, kind of like the split times you would have in skiing and other sports. But the interesting stuff is happening in between those mark roundings. And the director wouldn't have a clue where to send the helicopter or the camera boat because he didn't know who was leading. Uh, And what we started with 10 years ago was we need a live leaderboard that considers the wind direction because it's really the wind that, that is never completely stable. You know, even stable sailing conditions is when the wind shifts five degrees, 10 degrees from left to right. And that changes the leaderboard. Uh, because, you know, when boats head out to the different sides, they can shorten the distance to the next mark 
through these windshields. Now, the director didn't know who was leading, so he sent the camera boat to someone who looked like he was that, that was in the lead. And then the next March, you know, that boat turns out in his place. Tell a story on that without confusing the viewer. So the big game changer was we, we calculate a live leaderboard. And no, this is not split times. Every second it gets updated considering the wind direction. So we always have an up-to-date status of where the red, uh, race is. That has been a technology that was used at very, very few regattas before we started our effort. The America's Cup was one of them. It was very costly to do that. And we made the uh, technology more acceptable and, and, and more affordable. And now we're taking the, the, the final step where we really want to make it uh, available for any sailing regatta in the world. Is the goal of some of this as well to make this more accessible to people who might have interest in sailing? Or is this kind of directed at the people who are already into the sport and involved in the sport? I look at it as the beginning of a development that a lot of other sports took probably 50 years ago. You know, when 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 the first television channels started pointing cameras at football fields uh, and baseball fields, uh, there was an interest in the public to follow these games, and these games lended themselves well to this one, two, three camera perspective kind of storytelling. And as a result of that, huge communities uh, were built and generated around that. Um, and uh, sailing is only now at that point uh, where that's technically possible at a reasonable price. And naturally, there's not huge communities following that. And, and we're only seeing the beginnings of, of, of that happening. And naturally, you start with friends and family and sailing enthusiasts. Um, but we do see that there's a couple of nations in the world already which are very, very excited about the sport, like New Zealand is one example, or France is, is one example. Um, New Zealand, obviously, because they won, they're a small nation and they won the America's Cup. And uh, for, for them, it's like uh, rugby, you know, like the number one sport. They, they take very great interest in the sport. So I think we're at the beginning of, a, uh, of, of the community building around following sailing. But, you know, once you get into it, it is an exciting sport to follow and, and, and to understand because uh, it, it, it is an interesting strategic and tactical uh, battle uh, that that lends itself really well to good storytelling if the storyteller, the commentator, has the right data at hand. Is there another sport that, that you compare it to in terms of, of marketing and what we're talking about, which is growing reach um, and interest in the sport? Is there some other sport that you look at that you go, we should follow their lead, and that's how we should go about trying to market what we're doing here? You know, with the dawn of the internet, um, new niches opened up that didn't exist before. Uh, when we looked at the media landscape 20 years ago, um, it, it was basically, there was no niche uh, that that would open up so that a new sport could kind of slip in uh, because the television channels had all their slots booked, basically. there was uh, it, it differed from country to country, but in Germany, it was pretty much uh, uh, football, what you call soccer. Uh, and then it was Formula One racing, and and that was it. You know that was those were the big sports. And then the Olympics came in, and the football World Cup. Um, but that was that was that. I wouldn't compare sailing to darts, 
at all. But DART is an interesting phenomenon because it completely took off, at least in Europe, in some markets where there's huge attention uh, uh, for for uh, that sport. Um, esports is another example. All of a sudden, these esports communities fill stadiums. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in, uh, in, in, in that part, you know, how can a new niche, uh, grow into something substantial and, and, and build fan communities around that? Uh, since the phenomenon is relatively new that these new niches, uh, open up, I don't, I don't see a clear role model, uh, of, of how that, uh, can happen. Uh, but I think it's important to note that we're still at that point where very few events could afford that conclusive, understandable storytelling uh, um, around a regatta. We've taken it from the America's Cup to um, the World Cup racing, and we're now also in cooperation with uh, the Olympic sailing regatta. And you know, we portrayed about 80 regattas per year uh, up until now. And now with the with the sail in sight app effort, we can dramatically grow uh, that number um, in the coming years and and the beginning of the community growth. So I don't I don't have a, um, maybe you know more about it. You you maybe follow the the sport landscape in in other areas more of sports that have broken through in the past years. Uh, the, the example that I could come up with was Dart. I don't know if you followed that a little bit. Yeah, I, I know how it kind of exploded in kind of that niche realm. And then all of a sudden they were presenting it, I guess, I don't know if differently, it might just be the internet that really helped them. Um, I do see a similar yep. kind of a connection to surfing on some level that there's the, there's similarly, there's the beauty of it and it's accessibility is hard to get to. Um, you're in a vast landscape. Yeah. You're in locations all over the world. You're asking a lot of broadcasters to go and cover the events. And it's a mammoth type of expedition to try to cover it correctly, as you're describing. So I think it's kind of similar yeah. there. There's some similarities there. For sure. And I think they've reached uh, um, quite a substantial uh, uh, market and, and, and crowd. Uh, with their content. Again, it's a, it's a, it's relatively simple to portray compared to sailing because you put a camera on the beach and that camera swings left and right. And then, you know, all the, all the rest is a beautiful add on when you have a drone flying over the, the, the surfer. Actually, a good example of the potential is what we're doing right now. You know, we're having a port podcast. 20 years ago, we would have talked about this for uh, 90 seconds and it would have been a snippet yeah. uh, inside a linear TV channel. And now we see that people are actually interested in long form content and more complex content uh, and that it was probably more the medium that dictated brevity and, and short attention spans then the viewer, who is actually quite accepting to, to long-form content now that goes in-depth. So I think with sports like sailing, you will see that they will, they will never uh, generate the, the size uh, of communities like the major sports uh, do now, but they will create very robust niches uh, of, of very interesting communities that, that follow with a lot of passion. 
So I think we we're, we're looking at an age of diversity in sports, uh, which I, I, I think is a good thing. Yes. I, the Internet has offered the opportunity to service audiences of all sizes, and they can be robust and they can be valuable. They don't have to be the size of the National Football League or the NBA. They can be other sized audiences as well, which I think, as you know, um, in um, in sailing. I wonder, um, have you had any experience with either AI or that type of technology as you try to think about the future of presenting sailing? Well, um, depends on what, what you call AI. You know, it's, it's a really wide um, uh, topic, but uh, we've looked at automating things. You know, we've experimented with automatically flying drones, for example, to make, uh, uh, to make the portrayal easier uh because you know you, you need a skilled drone pilot to to fly the camera so that it you know tells the story well or you automate that because we have the gps data of the boat and you have the drone follow uh the boats automatically and by that be in the right position at all times these are ideas uh that that but but you know that it, it's not core to the mission anymore what was core to the mission is that we have live leaderboard information and that we plot the the race and each individual boat onto the playing field and make a commentator understand what's going on so he can translate it into uh, a meaningful uh, portrayal and commentary for the viewer um i'll let you go with this i i'm just Curious, we, we've had the opportunity to talk to former Olympians, and this was an extremely unusual event that has occurred this year, and the Olympic Games had to be delayed because of it. Um, what was your just your general reaction to not having the Games in Tokyo this year? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we were scheduled to be uh, intimately involved in it because the solution is going to be used at the Olympics as the live leaderboard generating um uh a solution and um obviously i've always been uh, following the the olympics that that was uh um obviously super unusual and and um hopefully it's not going to drag on uh, we, we do hope that we can have the olympics next year As someone who has competed into olympic games i know the the uh, blood and soul that you put into an Olympic campaign and for the whole thing getting called off is, uh, is a, is a tragedy for an athlete. Um, so, uh, I, I hope that that's not uh, going to happen. I think it's an incredibly important event, um, for, for, you know, humanity. They once had, when I was competing in the Olympics, they had the beautiful slogan called celebrate humanity. And, uh, I think we need that more than ever in these times. Yeah. And I, I very much hope that it's going to uh, take place. Uh, um, it's going to happen next year. And I obviously also hope it's going to be a good milestone for sailing because the sailing venue in, uh, in Oshima, uh, south of Tokyo, is, is spectacular. Uh, you can check out sapsailing.com and you can check out the work of Marcus Bauer, architect, sailor, and former Olympian. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcus. Thanks. My pleasure. On the next Future Sport Podcast, using the science of racing to educate the mathematicians of tomorrow. Through partnering with iRacing, we're challenging uh, students that already work with the Kennedy Education Program uh, to compete in an online sort of e-learning e e e competition where they have to actually not just compete, 
using the IRAs in service, but they have to design, build prototype programs in their own, in their own um, aim peripherals, like a like a like a simulator kit with the, the the steering wheel and and the pedals, like the ones that you might buy. That's IndyCar driver Dalton Kellett, whose passion off the track is helping kids who were like him, competitors with a desire to know the why behind the G-forces. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused. So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.